Hi everyone and welcome to another episode. This is going to be another solo episode since I, I last time I, I touched on the plateaus and when you're not seeing any progression and this time I really want to highlight more on the healing process of it all and what I'm doing to really help with my thyroid adrenals and overall hormonal health. And I think it's a really interesting situation when I'm journaling, so to speak, these, my progression. And I see through either editing my podcast or just my old posts and seeing where I was then. And you kind of realize, oh, wait, that's, I don't have to deal with that anymore. That's so cool. I, I, you know, it's something from, from the past, or you kind of see your progression in a way that it, it, you don't realize at the time, but once you notice or just highlight a certain aspect in the past and you, and you reread it or you, or you see it again, um, you're, you realize then, oh, it's not something I'm dealing with now. And it's kind of cool. So like I said, I really want to touch and highlight, um, the process of actually healing and what have I been doing this past few months that, yeah, you know, I notice it is a slow process for me. Sometimes people get a bit of a more, um, noticeable reaction or a quicker reaction. And for me, it's a bit slow, but I am seeing progression and I didn't want it to seem like I was in a stuck place and there wasn't any progression. Cause that's how I felt last time I, I'd made this, um, the solo episode. And I was editing my next week's podcast and just listening to myself, I, my, my brain fog, I remember that week, it was probably a couple of weeks ago, maybe like a month or so ago. And my brain fog was horrible. And I was struggling so hard to remember such minor and like just regular words that, yeah, granted I do have, you know, what they call mommy brain or what they, what, you know, I excuse as mommy brain that my brain is not always there all the time, but it was at another level. And it was just, I mean, it's not something that's going to be so apparent to everyone maybe, but for myself, I just took me back to that place of like, oh gosh, I remember that I couldn't really make conversation. It was so hard for me and I was really struggling. And like I said, I don't know how it came across, but for me personally, I really just felt that. And yeah, I might have ups and downs and that's just the part of the healing process, but taking myself away from that time, I realized like, oh wait, it's actually, I, I do feel the progression. So like I said, here's a list of just a few things I, I jotted down that really feel like, I, I feel like it's really been helpful. I think that you can't really single out one thing, even if you want to go the conventional way. I think I mentioned this before, you can't just rely solely on the medication. It's really a whole lifestyle approach, a holistic approach. Um, and it's really about implementing so many different lifestyle changes that really helps each thing helps and just really boosts the healing process and really just gets you there quicker. So the, the main thing I would say is the supplements or you could do it through food, whatever you choose to do. Um, for me, I am doing it through supplements. I do, um, I do focus on the ingredients and the, the nutrients that I'm eating, but some people, especially if you're also dealing with like adrenal fatigue or just anxiety, and sometimes your body is just not metabolizing those nutrients as well as it should be. 
And in that, for that reason, I decided to go through the the supplementation way because I really just want to make sure that I'm getting as much as, you know, just as potent as it could be in, you know, in the, the, the um, metabolizing of it all. I really just want to make sure I'm getting this into my body and into my system. So I would say that with with supplements, it's important to make sure you have iodine, selenium, and zinc. I think those are the main minerals and nutrients that you could implement into your foods that could be iodine you could get from something like seaweed or selenium. I I always say that the easiest way to get selenium would be through just having maybe one or two um, Brazil nuts. You get the amount that you need for the day. So you could still have these foods while you're on these supplements, but it's, it's something that, like I said, it's it, for me, I use the Equal Life thyroid support and it has everything you basically need. There's also vitamin C and all these other um, vitamins that are just so vital for your your thyroid support and making sure that your thyroid is working optimally. Um, there are, I, I can't get in, into details and I, I will get more into detail on a blog post. So I'll write in the, in the show notes just so I could, I, I it's hard to kind of list all your options. And I think it's just easier to kind of see the list. So I'm going to get more into detail on the blog post. So I'll put the, the post in the show notes. Um, and then, like I said, those are the nutrients that I think that it's so important to make sure you're, you're eating and, or, or you're getting in your system, whether it's through supplements or food. But I think that you can also, choose foods, like I said, like eggs or meat or fish, vegetables, fruits, all these gluten-free grains and seeds, all these foods would really um, help you get to that place of just getting all the nutrients and the vitamins and everything that you really need. On the other note, what foods should you stay away from? The The harmful foods that can technically be healthy foods, but in this case, your body is just not in the place where it can metabolize in the right way. So one food is, let's say, soy. Soy foods like tofu, tempeh, edamame, foods that are healthy, but right now it's just your body just, it, it, it's this, this, this something called goitogens. Um, and these foods, it basically, it's kind of like blockers, like it, it, it interferes with the whole process of your thyroid working optimally. So some people just can't eat those foods because their their thyroid isn't working well. And it doesn't mean that you can't have it all together. You can have it maybe once a week. Um, if you're really in, like for me, just because I'm really um, in the process of, I just want to heal my, my, um, my thyroid, I am trying not to even implement these once a week. I'm really trying to stay away from them. If I have them once because I really want it, that's totally fine. But if it's something continuous, you might find that it can actually be very harmful. Another healthy food that isn't great for you right now is um, cruciferous vegetables. It's very hard to say, but basically it's like broccoli, kale, spinach, cabbage, all those kind of foods. These are the foods that I probably have on a daily basis. And I would say that it's okay to have. Um, I would say stick to maybe one portion of it because these foods also are so good and beneficial for your um, 
for your uh, hormonal health and for your detoxing and all this kind of like other amazing benefits. So you don't want to clear from these. But one thing that is very important is that they should be cooked. If these are cooked, you kind of, um, it, 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 I don't know exactly if it gets rid of those um, cordogens, but it it doesn't have that same um, kind of interference with your thyroid production. So I would say that um, staying away from too many of these vegetables and raw vegetables. So I used to love this, um, this salad, bok choy salad, and it was raw and cut up and it had this amazing peanut dressing and basically something like that, especially in a larger amount is really detrimental. So something like that, stay away from, add these foods into your, into your diet in small amounts and make sure they're cooked. Um, and the and the basic ones of dairy products aren't great. Gluten um, gluten isn't great for your thyroid either. That's one that even though I was very clean, I did have gluten in, in my diet before this. And I just, again, trying to stay away from it. I have had once or twice in my healing process, you know, like a, a wheat based muffin or whatever and it was totally clean and it was it was healthy in other ways but I'm trying not to add those type of foods into my diet because gluten again is kind of like this blocker for your thyroid production to work optimally um, and then you have all the unhealthy foods that just aren't great there's the highly processed foods or just sugar and, and any of those foods that you really shouldn't be implementing anyways into your diet if you want to be oh like listen I'm all for balance and if you want to have you know that cake or that cookie or candy or whatever is your vice whatever works for you it's okay to have it once in a while I'm not saying to totally dismiss it just with your healing process really try to limit it and if you really want to be optimal limit take all of it out for now and then once you're feeling like your body's balancing, it's okay to have it once in a while. That's totally fine. Once or twice a week even. Just like I said, for me personally, I'm just in that mind frame of let's just get this going and and we'll deal with that later. Like I'll have my, my muffin later when I'm back to just working the way I used to. And and that, for me, this has been the hardest, um, limiting coffee. I talk a lot about that and I think that, again, I'm a very realistic person. For me, my someone else's cookie is my coffee. Basically, like that's where I draw the line. Where I'm like, this is really hard to totally get rid of it. I have, you know, goals and dreams of one day I'm going to maybe eliminate completely, or I won't have to have one one every day. Maybe I'll just switch to complete just having matcha. But right now, I'm not there. I. It, I have this comfort and this just, you know, just my morning, just I need my coffee pretty much. Not necessary for my energy levels, just that it's, I don't know if anyone can relate with me, but it's that warm and fuzzy feeling in the morning, just especially now it's winter or it's getting colder and I all I want in the morning is just to have my coffee. So if you feel like you're like me and it's really hard to totally limit your coffee intake, here are two things that I've been working on that has been helpful and it's not as detrimental. So number one, I would say 
having your coffee after you have your breakfast. So usually I wake up, I'll have celery juice or a lemon water. After that, I would say I wait a bit, let that kind of digest. And then I'll go to my breakfast. Um, Even though, again, the first thing I want to rush to is my coffee, I just push it off as far as like late as I could, just because if you have coffee on an empty stomach, it's a lot more detrimental than having it with food in your system already. Um, there's studies that show that coffee can kind of strip your vitamins, like especially your B vitamins, and it's not so great for your hormones. And there's all these different studies of just having coffee on an empty stomach isn't great. Another pro is that having coffee after a meal is good for the digestive process. It's Since it's kind of acidic, it, it helps kind of um, just with the d- digesting and the enzymes and all, all that. So it's, it's better to have your coffee after. So that's number one. Number two is this. I personally usually have two coffees a day. Usually it's one by breakfast time, one for lunch. It's just, I don't know if it's just became ha- um, habitual or if it's something that I just, yeah, like, I, I, like I, I don't think I, like, the, there are days when I'm feeling exhausted and I'm like, okay, I do need my second coffee, but on some days it's not necessarily like that. So on those days where I feel like I need my second coffee, I turn to matcha. And matcha, listen, I'm not going to say it replaces it completely for me. I think that I'm kind of, figuring around, figuring out how I could make it tasty and enjoyable. And like I said, it's not the same for me for coffee. I'm not going to lie, but I am finding ways to make it really good. So for, for me, I've been using a milk frother. I'll put the, the link in the description, um, in the show notes, but it's like a cheap, I believe it to be like, it's like $30. I think you can even buy like a hand frother, but for me, I like this one. It's better. It, you put the milk, you put the water in with like, um, the matcha. I use a little bit of stevia and it blends it together. I put in my cup, then I add in milk. I do a homemade almond milk and it really froths up like really well. And then I pour that on top, add a little cinnamon on top, and I'm good to go. So it's very tasty. It is I, – I don't know if I will enjoy, a, like, a black matcha the way I enjoy my coffee. Like, I do need to spice it up just a little bit, but it has been enjoyable to, you know, to a certain extent. It, it didn't completely take over my coffee obsession, but it's, it's enjoyable, and I feel like I'm doing something right for my body. It's packed with antioxidants. It's just – you get – that caffeine fix, but you don't get jittery. There's just so many benefits to matcha and I could get into detail as well on another time. But like I said, that's been really, it's been helpful for having just another warm drink that I am, I'm enjoying. Going back to these tools that's, that I've been f- finding helpful. Um, another one is a sauna. I mentioned it before how Yes, one day I'm going to get a standing sauna in my backyard and I'll be great. But right now, the blanket sauna, I highly, highly suggest anyone who really needs that. I know that a lot of places, gyms are closed and you don't have that access. And I just because, especially at the beginning of my healing process, having high estrogen means just and, and also with like adrenal fatigue or thyroid issues that all of these really like a main symptom is 
just holding so much water retention and I just felt so bloated, like really just even eating so clean, you just feel so bloated and gross. Another aspect is also with having high estrogen is just you are, your, your body has all these, um, these toxic estrogen hormone in your body and you just need to kind of release those toxins when you're not exercising. Cause again, adrenal fatigue, it's not so easy to have those intense exercises where I'm sweating bullets. Um, so where I had to find a way to kind of get all those toxins out of my body. So I really been, um, using my sauna daily and it's, it kind of also forces me to lie down and relax, whether it's going on my phone, listening to music, listening to a podcast, doing whatever enjoyable and relaxing. And, and it became again, like a daily or more like a nightly ritual before my shower, I'll go into the sauna and I feel like I'm doing something right for my body. It's an infrared sauna. It really, you don't, you don't feel like you're sweating as much as you would with like, let's say a traditional sauna. And I think I, I talked a lot about this on another podcast, but it was one of my de-stresses of the week. It's again, I could talk so highly of it because it's really been helpful with this process. After I go in my sauna, I do some dry brushing or sometimes I do it before and then I go into my sauna. All of these different tools really help with the um, de-stressing sorry, de-stressing, but also detoxing your body. Um, and then again, with your thyroid, just on whether you have hypothyroidism or hypothyroidism, your body just needs to relax and it needs to calm down. Your cortisol levels have been messed up. Your hormones are messed up. You have to implement calming rituals throughout your day. So I really turned to yoga since number one, my body needs it. I always knew my body needed it back in the day when I used to exercise crazy every single day. I always knew I should have balanced it with exercise, with yoga, with my weight training, whatever else I was doing. So now I'm kind of forced to really do, do this practice and do yoga stretches and breathing, all these kind of meditative um, practices really, really help with the process. I started doing meditating every morning and just really making sure that I'm consistent with these because again, it has so much got to do with your healing process and just letting your body get to that state of calm and your body doesn't have to work on other things. It could just work on re like balancing your body and really just fixing what, what just reversing what has the damage that has been done. One thing that was really different that I, I think I turned to this when I was very distraught with my progress and I went to a Chinese medicine doctor. He's an acupuncturist. He works with herbs, but I, I had people who have seen him and told me great things, how they really felt like that helped them with their, either their autoimmune issues or any kind of imbalances they had in their body. So I went to see a Chinese medicine doctor and he, after it's, I feel like with all of these things, it's hard to say, yes, this helped me so much, but usually in my luteal phase of my cycle is when I usually get all my estrogen dominance, um, symptoms. That's like the week before your period. And 
that every, it's usually when people, if they get PMS, that's when they get all those PMS symptoms. So that's usually when I get like extreme bloating and fatigue and all my type of um, symptoms that I've been dealing with. It's always very prominent in this week of the luteal phase. And I noticed after the fact that it wasn't so bad. It's still a little bit there, but it wasn't so bad. So it definitely could have been the acupuncture and just seeing someone to help with boosting the healing process. Um, and I, I would say the last tip would be just to inform yourself. It's very, there's, there's this tricky line of going to too far into the diagnose, diagnosing yourself and really just worrying yourself. So you don't want to do that, but you want to just inform yourself of the, once you have that, um, that, that information that you know what you're dealing with, go see what foods support you, see what lifestyle changes support you, what you should you be staying away from those kind of things that can only help with your situation, not really, um, you know, how far can this go? If I go look at estrogen dominance, you know, if I don't take care of this, it could lead to breast cancer. That information won't help you in the situation. Yes. If I ignore these symptoms and ignore my lifestyle changes and all that, that's the worst case scenario right now. But that for me right now, that kind of information isn't helpful. So instead just inform yourself with, like I said, the lifestyle changes, the foods you should be eating, different tips that people have found to be working. That's kind of why I started this podcast because the more I heard other people's experiences and that kind of zone in onto these topics, I found that to be so helpful and um, just, yeah, just sheds another light to the healing process. So like always, I want to really emphasize that this information isn't here to heal you, cure you, diagnose you, none of that. I really just want to give information to have some, some insight and information that you could take down notes and bring to your own practitioner of your choice and ask your doctors or whoever you're seeing your, your, whether it's, um, conventional or holistic or whatever kind of doctor, see what they think can be good for you. Cause like I said, everything's by individual, no two situations are alike, but I really believe that dealing with these, these issues, properly and with a informed mind and trying to stay as positive as possible and as calm as possible, you can really get to the place of healing yourself. So like I said, last time when I, when I dealt with my plateau, it wasn't really great. It wasn't so motivating, but there is a light to the end of the tunnel and I am going in the right direction. I'm not digressing. I'm going to get my, um, my equilibrium nutrition IHP, um, to go over my, my other notes and my other lab results. And I'm excited to see how have I changed since last time I've taken these maybe like five, six months ago. Um, whether it's my food sensitivity or, my adrenals and my hormones and all that kind of stuff. I just tested everything. So soon I'll be able to see the results on paper. But right now I'm really focusing on what are the tools that are helping me and what should I continue doing? By doing these things, you might not see process or any progression, um, you know, right away, but you're going to get to where you're 
your goal is. So I'm going to leave you on that. I'm really excited for my next few interviews I've done. And I'm like I said, I'm in the process of just editing them. And I'm really excited to share those stories and information that they bring to the table. So look forward to really exciting future episodes. And like always, I would love to hear your feedback. I want to know what have you been finding helpful? What information do you want me to talk on my next solo episode? Or who do you want me to talk to in a next interview? I'm really looking forward to hearing from you guys. And like always, we'll be in touch. Bye.